Rabbit Herbs, are you ready for part two? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for part two? Are you ready for part two? <laughs> Am I ready? Are you ready for part two? I'm as ready as can be. So, uh, are we going straight to the story? No, not yet. Oh, what do you mean? This is a big story. You're going to go a third week? No, hopefully not. Okay, so let me tell you what's going on here. Okay, everybody. So, first of all, welcome to another edition of Storytime with Rabbi Itzy Herbs and his sidekick, me, Yassi! Right, Yassi. Uh, next time you jump like that, please do me a favor. What, 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 what? Give me a warning so I could uh, cover my ears. Okay, anyway, so let me tell you what's going on over here. First of all, you're listening to jrootradio.com. And, of course, if you want to listen to us live on the telephone, you can dial 712-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. And, of course, and the number we never have to tell anybody, of course, is the 718-683-5858 number that people could call at the end of the show and tell us what lesson they learned. We never have to say that number, ever, ever, ever. I don't know how they know this number of 718-683-5858. We never say it on the show, do we? Uh, uh, absolutely not. Okay, anyways, um, also, if you'd like, you can listen uh, live. You could listen live, and uh, you, could li- you could listen live. And uh, you can listen to archives, you know, in case you want to listen to an old show or something like that. Uh, like, for example, you might want to hear part one sometime later if you didn't have a chance to, because maybe you're still away for the summer. Anyway, so the number to call for listening live or for archives is 718-506-9099. And, of course, um, you know, J Radio can definitely use your donations. And it's definitely counted as a ducker. So you can send in your donations to J Root Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue. That's 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Okay. Um, all righty. And uh, let's see, is there anything else that we missed? Uh, about texting in a good story? Oh, yes, of course. If you'd like to te- text in a comment or uh, like to give a story suggestion or something of that nature, so uh, the number to text in is 347-678-1699. Um, is there something loose over here, perhaps? Okay, um, let's see. Okay, let me just see what's going on here. Can you hear me, Yossi? Oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a loose wire here, you know. I, 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 I could see it. Maybe there was a mouse running around and chewing on the loose wire. I have no idea. Okay, anyway, so let's continue now. And uh, I'd like to remind everybody that we are... You just cut me off again somewhere. So, hello? 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 Uh, let's see. Maybe we can get it this way. Uh, oh, okay. I know I got it that way. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. I think so. All right. Uh, what can you do? Rubber herbs, how come you don't hear so good? And who asked you to interrupt over here? Oh, I was just pissing by in the hallway. I, I, I did one of those offices down the hallway. Uh, uh, excuse me, but uh, we're in the middle of a radio show over here, uh, if you don't mind. Wait a minute, I remember you. You used to be a drummer, right? Uh, yeah, but right now I'm doing the story. If you don't mind, could you please step out? Oh, yes, yes, yes. In those days, they didn't have earplugs, right? Uh, you probably will some hearing. And that's why you, 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 you're sensitive to, to like, uh, 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 sir, please, on the other side of the door, please. Thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, very interesting characters that work around here. Okay, anyways, uh, so here we go. All right, uh, now that we got everything right. The volume is good. Check. Uh, the garbage was taken out. Check. What, what does that have to do with it? Okay. Anyway, so here we go. All right. So I'd like to remind everybody that this week's story is dedicated as a refuah shalema to Chaim Yesetzvi ben Sarah Miriam. Once again, this week's show is once again dedicated for a refuah shalema for Chaim Yesetzvi ben Sarah Miriam. Okay. Now, of course, to name of tonight's story... Clean them in and got to do the other stuff. Oh, you're right. You're right. 100%. Okay, if anybody's interested in hurting... Uh, in hurting? No, 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 no. Did, did I say hurting? No, no, no. You're so nervous because you read... You, you're probably... Your mind is racing because you think about the last part of the story. I most certainly am. I most certainly... If you thought the first half was very interesting, wait until you hear the last half of the story. Wow. So can we get to it? 
I- I'll take care. You just sit down and get all your thoughts together, and I'll take care of everything in between. All right. If anybody's interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhak for storytelling engagements or for a martial arts demonstration or for that special show called the Koyach from the Mayach, a Heimische show that deals with uh, uh, using uh, the Koyach from the Mayach, obviously. <laughs> All right. If anybody's interested in learning some art lessons or artwork and things like that, uh, and if anybody's interested in ordering any of Rabbi Yitzhak's story CDs, which right now number over 40, some art, which most of them are not available in stores, and the number to call is 718-375-1294, also known as 375-1294, also known as 718-375-1294. We got the message. Okay, Uh, anything else? I think I covered everything. I I covered the storytelling. I covered the the martial arts. I covered it. I I think I got everything. Good. Now... For everybody who just came back from the country and you didn't hear, perhaps, or you didn't listen on a kosher internet on uh, jradio.com, or you didn't listen on the archives telephone and you missed the first part, I will not say over the whole first part. How is anybody going to follow the story? I will say a synopsis of the first part. A synopsis? You're going to snap your fist? No, no, no. Synopsis. A short version of the story. How are you going to do it like fast? Like, you're not going to say, well, last week the story went like this. And they were about to get married. Um, that's very good. You knew where I was up to. Very nice. But uh, I was going to say a short version. Okay. So last week we started a story called The Baal Smicha Sachamim and The Coat. Okay. And this week is part two. But a little synopsis of part one for those who missed it or for those who forgot what it was about. Anyways, uh, when the Baal Smicha Sachamim was a little boychikal, uh, he was known as Little Naftali. Unfortunately, his parents died when he was very, very young. And um, he was, uh, I, for lack of a better word, he was a Vildachaya. He, he ran around wild, and even though the Rav tried to take care of him as best as possible, he just had a, a very lively nature, and he was very mischievous and made trouble and so on and so forth. And to top it off, the strangest thing was he had a mind, She'en Kamohu. He had such a mind that was unbelievable. He was a genius. He knew everything, and anything he learned, he like picked it up one, two, three. Uh, they tested him when he was a little boy to see if he's just turning pages in the Gemara and just making fun of the Gemara. But in the end, uh, they tested him, and it was just like they were in shock when they saw what he knew. But strange as it may seem, he was still just a little kid. So there was a certain part of him that was immature and very mischievous. And one time, the crown prince was coming in to this village. To visit and to give a speech. And the Rav was afraid that he might do some mischief, so the Rav locked him up in the attic. But uh, when he locked him up in the attic of the shul, he made sure the locksmith could make a kind of lock that you cannot knock out the hinges, you cannot pick the lock, uh, whatever it is, and he made it in such a way that there was no way he can get out. And, of course, the Rav didn't think that little Naftali was going to think of jumping out a third-floor window. So, um, but uh, the thing is, uh, the window itself, the Rav, for some reason, missed the security on the window and did not kind of, like, put real special locks on it just didn't think he was going to go through the window. So what he did was he opened the window and he took a little slingshot that he had handy and he saw some little pebble rocks on the windowsill and he took them and he was thinking about what would happen if he shot this towards the crown prince's nose. And believe it or not, he was a very good shot with the slingshot. And although he says he didn't mean it, but nonetheless, he did pull back the slingshot and fired that little little itty-bitty stone that hit the crown prince square in the nose, gave him a little cut, and caused him to bleed. He was furious, the crown prince, and insisted that whoever did this should be put to death. When it was discovered it was just a little kid, the crown prince still wanted him to be put to death. But then one of his advisors told him that, uh, hey, you know, uh, Think about it. Uh, what will the enemy say if a little kid can break through your security? <laughs> that doesn't look too good for you. And, of course, he didn't know what to do. And then there was a, a young lieutenant in his uh, royal army called Thaddeus. And Thaddeus suggested that he should lock him up in a faraway prison. And then when he's 18 years old, then they should take him out and hang him. The king, the crown prince, loved this so much, this idea that the crown prince said, that he should take care of it himself. So Thaddeus took him, 
on the way to this uh, prison and so on and so forth. And on the way, he stopped by an inn, which turned out to be Jewish, and there was a Jewish malamed over there. And uh, Rav Shmelke, the Jewish malamed, had a conversation with the kid while the kid was tied up to a post and realized he's a genius and realized that they got to try to save him. So eventually he convinced the innkeeper who, uh, that he had a 10,000 gold coins set aside for Nadengel to make the chasnen to pay for everything that's necessary so her daughter, his daughter, Rivkala, could marry a, a Talmud Chacham. And uh, the daughter, Rivkala, said that she would rather save this boy's life and Hashem could help things later on when she's older. And sure enough, Thaddeus was very greedy and he did take the 10,000 gold coins and he sewed it into his coat so nobody should see. And he made them promise that they were going to have this death certificate signed by this doctor who was a little bit drunk, but that's a separate part of the story. You can't go into that long, although it's very tempting. Anyways, uh, so he had a death certificate to show that the kid was beaten to death and so on and so forth. And he made the boy promise, and he made the innkeeper promise, and the Malamed promise that they would not let him out of their sight, and he would not be allowed to leave that building for at least 10 years. And then 10 years later, things would happen, and what would happen was that Rivka was old enough to get married, but there was no money coming in. So since there was no money coming in, what ended up happening was is that the innkeeper was so sad. And then Rav Shmelka went over to a uh, good old Rav Neftali and asked him to marry the innkeeper's daughter, Al-Sakura And sure enough, he agreed. And more or less, that's where we are up to. Wow, that was really quick. I could have done it faster, you know. Watch me. Not me, but I, I like people to understand what's going on. Oh, <laughs> they can always play it back in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could sit down in slow motion. And that time I finished the radio show, you'd be sitting down and then you can talk whatever you want. Okay, anyways, let's go by it. So now we're up to this. Some rich people began to hear all about what was going on. <laughs> Excuse me, may I see this boy over here? Hello there, hello there, sonny boy. Listen here, you're a big time in I know that, I knew that, because I know that even the Rabbanian from all around come here to ask you wonderful questions. And when there's a child that can't learn so well, we know that you are so smart and you make it so simple that he could understand. We know this. But you know, nonetheless, you're going to marry the innkeeper's daughter. Come on. You would tell me, Chacham, you should marry somebody who has uh, uh, riches so they could support you, build you a villa, life's house, and everything, and support you very well. You should marry a daughter or somebody that's rich that could support you. I'm very sorry. I hear what you're saying. I hear everything you're saying. However, um, if you don't mind me saying so, um, uh, there's a thing called Hakara Satayv, and, and they gave up a lot to save my life. I was very immature in those days, uh, and I'm afraid that um, I'm sorry. I will not take the offer. And so sure enough, no matter who offered, no matter how much money, no matter what presents and riches they offered him, they refused. He only insisted on marrying this innkeeper's daughter. And so what happened was this. The chasna was getting closer. And one day, Rav Naftali, I know some people say, it's a Mishigaz. But no, Rav Naftali didn't think it was a Mishigaz. He decided that he wants to try to hop in to learn the Gansa Shas, the whole Shas, one more time before the chasna. So he started to steig away and again, he steigged away in that attic room. He still used it. He had all the swarm there. He was learning away, steiging away. And then as it was getting close and close to the chasna, maybe just a, maybe a week or two before the chasna, suddenly he was there learning, and he was learning. And suddenly, he started to get a little tired. And he didn't know why he was tired. But he started yawning again.
and he fell into a deep sleep. And in his sleep, he saw an elderly gentleman, a very hush of a person, who turned out to be none other than his father. He recognized it to be his father for two reasons. One, the holiness that shined forward. And another reason he realized it was because he remembers seeing old, old drawings that people made of his father because they drew him because he was a very big tzaddik, his father. Unfortunately, like we once said before, in the olden days, they didn't have hospitals and medicines the way they have now. So many people died young when they got sick. They had fevers, whatever. It wasn't like nowadays where people can live longer because they could live healthier. But this is what happened. Anyways, let me continue. So what happened was is he had this dream. And in the dream, he saw his father. And his father called out to him, Naftali, Naftali, Naftali. Yes, who is there? It is I, your father. You know that the Gemara tells us that forty days before a person is born, the Zivik, who's supposed to be his true Zivik, is announced. I must tell you, my dear son, Naftali, this girl, Rivka, is a Tzadikis. She is a great, great person, great character, great meadows. But she is not, I repeat that again, she is not your Basherta, and you must break off the Shiddah. Huh? 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 And next thing he knew, he fell off the stender. <laughs> made such a loud thud, his father-in-law ran up. Uh, what's going on over here? Uh, what's happening? You okay? Pour some water on him. All right, are you okay? Oh, oh, yeah. I just probably just dozed off and fell asleep for a second. It's all right. Everybody go back. It's okay. Fine. Uh, maybe you should take a sleep in a bed, you know what I mean? I mean, it's a good idea you should take a sleep in a bed. I mean, really. What's going on over here? Uh, Schmelke, maybe you convince him. You know, you learned with him so often, so long. I mean, maybe you convince him that he should go to bed. Uh, you know, you need some rest. You know, you're going to get married. You know, you got to be with him. You got to touch with the Hashanah. You can't fall asleep while you're at the Hashanah. I know, I know, but but I do want to learn Shas one more time. And, and I'm really doing a good job. Uh, don't worry about me. Uh, okay, I'll be all right. Uh, all right, maybe just uh, just listen to your father and take a small rest, okay? Oh, all right, I'll take a small rest. And so while he was resting, he started thinking, <laughs> what a strange, weird dream I had. <laughs> you know, it can't be true because, you know, dreams reflect thoughts of the day. And a lot of dreams, even if it has a message, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that in a dream that's not shy to be true, just floats around there, whatever, you know, I'm just going to forget about it. And sure enough, he tried to forget about it. But then the dream returned a few days later. What is the matter with you? Why do I have to return again? Why must I return again? My dear son, Naftali, I told you already. I told you once, and I told you twice. Young man, this is not your Bashert. And it is true she is a Sadekis. It is true she has Minas Tavis, but she is not your Bashert. Do you understand? She is not the one you're supposed to marry. Do you hear me? And now he heard the dream a second time. He began to worry. He began to think about it. Well, <laughs> let me think about this. You know, I, I have this dream now more than once, twice. I mean, even the Marshal says something about dreams. There could be messages. There could be some types of dreams. that a message in Shemayim. And, and, you know, whatever it is, and dreams that repeat themselves, they, 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 they have messages. I mean, it's not something that should be ignored. I mean, wow, I, I, I'm not sure. I, 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 wow, I, 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 
Uh, 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 tell me what's the matter over there, Naftali. You look a little worried. Come on, you're going to get married, and, and everything is going to be fine. Don't worry, don't worry. You have a place for to stay. You're going to build an extra part. You're still going to have the room in the attic to be able to use it for a basic matter to learn. And your father is going to build an extra room for you and your wife, and eventually for the family, the girls. It's going to be, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, yes, I understand, but um, um, could I confide in you, but, but you won't tell anybody yet? Of course. I mean, you know, actually, you should be my Rebbe, not I your Rebbe. Please, please, don't don't try to get me to have a feeling of gaiv inside me. Please, please. There's no time for that anyways. Now, listen. I, I, and he told over about his dream. Really? Your father told you that? I can't imagine. Now, it must be, you know, that uh, you shouldn't marry anybody else except this girl. That much must, must be what it is. Well, I don't know. Well, what should I do? I mean, what happens if it happens a, 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 a third time? I mean, then I'm really in trouble. Um, don't think it'll happen again. Don't worry. You know, you just, just, just go to sleep like a normal mansion and uh, rest in the bed. No, no, no. I have to finish the shots. I have to. I have to. Okay, uh, let me see. I'm back in my attic here. And let's see. I'm sitting by my stander. And I took off my shoes. Okay, my other shoe. Okay, and now I'm going to put my feet in cold water. <laughs> that should keep me awake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, let me just maybe tie my pace over here like this. Okay, all right. And if I fall, <clears throat> I fall like this. And so he started to learn. And even though he started to try to learn, still a deep sleep fell over him. And as far as, despite the fact that he tried so many different ways to stay awake, it just helped. He fell into the deep sleep. And he heard his father come again and say, I told you once, I told you twice, and this is the third time. I am telling you clearly, my son of Tolly, this one is not your Zivik. Yes, she's a Tzadikis, but she's not for you. It's not your Bashert. It's not your Bashert. It's not your Bashert. It's not your Bashert. Huh? Wow. What a dream. That's three times in a row. Whoa. Uh, I gotta tell her, Schmelke. Shabanshakin, I hear what you're saying. Maybe it's time to speak to your father and tell him what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Schwer, future Schwer, or maybe not so future Schwer, can I talk to you? Uh, sure, 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 sure. What do you, what do you want to talk to me about? Was well, something you want to tell me about? I mean, well, tell, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah, I think you should uh, sit down for this one. Uh, close the door. <coughs> All right, and now you could, um, uh, you could, um, and he told over the dreams, and Schwer, his future Schwer started thinking, wow. I can't believe it. Three times you had this. It's repeating itself. Wow. Could, could, it, could it be Mamisha? A, a real, real nice? Wow, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't believe it. Ooh, ooh. I'm telling you not to marry my daughter. But, but, but what, what she's going to do? Are you sure this is true or whatever? Well, I'm pretty sure. But let me go into the forest and think about this. And so what happened was is he went out to the forest and he meditated for a while, and then after a few hours, he came back. And that was the day of the chasna was supposed to take place. And people were there, and since everybody in the area was pretty poor, that was going to be by the chasna, and it wasn't the chasna of those rich people that offered him so much wealth and so on and so forth. Uh, many people prepared food, and there were chickens, and there was meats, and there was different things all around and ready, and fruits and vegetables, everything you can think of that was possible in those days. And then all of a sudden... The father said, oh, 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 you're back, Baruch Hashem. Okay, so we get on with the chasna. Yes, yes, yes. So you decided it's all a dream, right? And then, uh, um, actually, uh, no. I, I decided that um, I have to break off this shidduch. And as soon as he said that, the kala fainted. And of course, they revived her. And he told with a heavy heart, I see that I have no choice. My beshirt is not here. And you are a tzedekis. And I will tell you three things. And rest assured, you will definitely marry a Talmud Chacham. And you will definitely have a child. And you will definitely 
have those 10,000 gold coins, every single one of them will be returned back to this family. I assure you that. And with that, he left. And he wasn't heard of for a very, very long time. Now, of course, this Rav Naftali Katz grew up to be the great tzaddik, the Baal Smicha Sachomim. And he was, at that time, the rabbi in the city of Prague. Now, in those years, in those years, like it was either in the early 1700s, in those years, it was not so, not so simple to live in Prague. Jewish people did not have it so easy. What happened was is, there was a chief of police over there who was very mean to the Jewish people. Unfortunately, he was a very big anti-Semite, an anti-Semitian in Kamoyu in those days. And he had crazy laws. After dark, no Jew can be found walking the streets, especially the streets where the Gentiles were, where the Goyim were. They couldn't walk there. If they were found there, they would be taken away and they would be arrested. Sometimes they'd be thrown to prisons. Sometimes they could spark off a pogrom. And the police would just turn their backs and make believe they didn't see anything. It was like they would take vacation or something at that time. That's how bad it was. And everybody knew that. But despite it all, people knew there was a great tzaddik there. So they wanted to be close to him. And they saw that he wasn't afraid. So people lived there nonetheless. But when it came to night, everybody knew. You stay by the Jewish quarters. You don't wander around the streets. No, 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 no. Meanwhile, Rivka did get married to a Talmud Chacham. But unfortunately, she did not have any children with this Talmud Chacham. She married a Talmud Chacham by the name of Shmuel. And Shmuel was a very big Erlecha Talmud Chacham, very Erlecha person, and he loved to learn Torah. And he figured that after he gets married, he's going to have to start a mishpacha. And then when the mishpacha comes, he's going to have to support them. So he realized he has to work a little bit. So he picked up a trade of diamonds. And his wife learned it also because this way, his wife, Rivka, could take care of parts of the business and he could learn. So they're both mumches in studying and understanding everything that there was to know about diamonds. You couldn't put a fake diamond in front of them and try to get away with it. No, 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 no. Their eyes were so attuned to be able to read diamonds that they could tell right away if it's a fake or a phony or a switcheroo. So anyways, so Shmuel was doing very nicely. And his wife Rivka said to him one day, You know, I was just thinking out loud. Uh, yeah, what were you thinking out loud? Tell me, please, okay? You can tell me. I'm your husband. Mm -hmm. All right, tell me what you were thinking out loud. Well, I was thinking that, you know, I heard in Prague. Prague? Oh, please, uh, we're not going to move to Prague. Prague is a, uh, uh, mm -hmm, uh, 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 a very dangerous, uh, mm -hmm, uh, uh, a very dangerous uh, place to go. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not going to move there. We're satisfied where we are. I know that. I didn't mean that we should go move there to live. I meant that perhaps we should go there because there's a great, great tzaddik over there. Everybody says that when he gives a bracha, it's Makuyim. It's a very big tzaddik. A tzaddik by the name of the Baal Smichas Rachamim. I think we should go there for a bracha. Now listen, listen, listen. We're doing everything that we're supposed to. We're doing all the tefillahs. We're doing everything for all the different schoolers and everything like this. And we're doing everything we can to, to, to have a child, you know. He's not going to be able to do anything different. But you don't understand. He's a very big tzaddik. So it's obvious that despite the fact that Shmuel was a very, very big Tamil Chacham, there was one thing was is that um, he didn't believe so much in that a great tzaddik uh, type of Rebbe could perhaps... Um, you know, in Yiddish they would say, oifti nepes, you know, that, that they should be able to uh, um, be able to accomplish something that a regular person won't be able to on their own. They have tefillos, they have brochas, and so on and so forth, that are actually, you know, I should say the word, mekuyim, that actually is mekuyim, and 
actually work. But of course, Shmuel did not trust in that. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu started to turn the wheels of fortune a little bit around, and Shmuel began to realize, I don't understand. Yeah, uh-huh. It just doesn't make sense. I was doing so well yesterday, and I don't know why, uh, Rivkula, who is such experts in diamonds and everything, I can't imagine why no customers came today. I don't know. I have no idea either. Uh, uh, okay, very good, very good. Uh, okay, you know what? Maybe I should travel to the next town and try to sell some diamonds over there. All right, that's a very good idea, but be careful. <laughs> I'm going to travel only in the daytime. I'm not going to travel at nighttime. And so he traveled in the daytime. But when he traveled in the daytime, he still ended up becoming robbed. Hey, get off of there. We're going to rob you. And if you don't give us the money which you get on you, then we're going to kill you. And then we'll still take the money. What do you say to that? Uh, I, I say, I say, you can have my wallet. <laughs> hey, you gave it up too easy. He searched his pockets. <laughs> okay, we'll search his pockets. <laughs> oh, watch this little pouch over here. Wow, look at this. Hey, boys, there's diamonds in here. There's diamonds. Oh, wow, that's good, 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 good. And unfortunately, that theft hurt him even more. The big losses were coming one after the other. And before you knew it, this Shmuel, who once was rich for quite a while, and boasted about the fact that every time his wife, you know, said they have no children, he said, well, look, you know, we uh, invite guests to our house. We're a very big machnasayruch. We give tzedakah and so on and so forth. I'm sure that counts for something up there in Shmayim. And then when Hashem is ready, he'll give us children. You'll see. And of course, he lost all his money, and he was fairly poor. And once in a while, they made a little of this, a little of that, and just getting by. And Shmuel turned out to be very happy when this happened. Why are you so happy? Why? Because, you know, I love to learn Torah. The only reason why I went to work was because uh, I thought I was going to support a family, but a Kodesh Bochum, obviously, is not giving us a family, and so uh, he gave us wealth, and uh, we gave Sadaka, we did things like that, but... Uh, I guess it wasn't meant that we should have children, so um, I, I, I'll do my best thing that I love. I'll, I'll learn, and we'll just get by. It's okay, so we're not so rich, so we live in a smaller house. Big deal, not so bad. And that's the way it went for quite a while. And then, all of a sudden, there was a knock on Shmuel's door. Hello. Um, pardon me. My name is Dovidel, and I need a favor for you. And uh, this favor that you do for me... Will benefit you very much. Uh huh. Really? How would it benefit me very much? Well, you see, I need uh, to buy a matching diamond like this. You see this diamond? Take a look at it. Well, I haven't seen diamonds in a while, but I still remember. Wow! Oh, let me get my loop over here. Wow! 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 wow. Yes, it's a fantastic, oh, unbelievable diamond. Yes, 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 yes. Well. Based on this, you know, I, I, I need you to travel to a certain town for me and purchase. I will give you money to purchase, and no matter what it costs, and then I will pay you whatever you paid for the diamond for your troubles. I'll pay you more because I need this diamond so badly, this matching set. Uh-huh. So why should you have to pay me so much more money uh, when you could go there yourself? Well, you see, um... I'm not a mumcha like you. I don't understand diamonds the same way you do. And, 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 and I might be fooled, and I might pay a lot of money, and then I'll come back here and I'll bring it, and I'll show the person, my customer, and I'll show them the diamond, and they'll laugh at me in the face. No, I, I need your expertise. Uh-huh, I see. Is he willing to pay? Well, I mean, a diamond like that, you know, it could cost like about 10000 It's all right. I, I, I'm willing to pay. Uh-huh, wow. It's very interesting. Wow, uh, 10,000, uh, 10,000, uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful slotters or whatever. <laughs> wow, rubles, uh, it depends which country. I don't know, you know, but, you know, 10,000 a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, um, I, I hear, you know, but, uh, all right, uh, tell me, where is this place? I need you to travel to Prague. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Prague, I knew there was a catch. <laughs> 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to Prague. You don't understand. <laughs> Prague is a very dangerous place. I know, but you travel very carefully. And in the daytime, you'll go to this um, girl's house who has the diamond. But he could try to fool you, and that's why I need you to go. What do you say? Well, let me talk it over with my wife. And so he went over, Shmuel went over to his wife, and his wife, Rivkala, said, Don't you see it's Barsherta, Zoe? You know where this diamond is that we're going to buy? And we're going to come rich again? It's in Prague. You know, the the the, 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 the tzaddik that I've been telling you about, the Baal Smichas Chachomim? Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. He lives in Prague. He's the Rav. We now have an opportunity to go there. What do you say? Uh, you know something? I normally wouldn't say yes, but I can't deny the hashkocha to this thing. Hmm. All right, we'll go together. And so they went together, and they traveled to Prague, and they entered in the daytime. And then they found a place that somebody would take them in, took them in, and then he said, all right, I'll, I'll be on my way, and um, uh, I'm just going to go over and buy the diamond. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll go instead of you. Uh, what, 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 what? But it's dangerous. It's only at nighttime, not in the daytime. Uh, why would you want to go? Because I feel guilty, because I'm taking you away from your learning. When we lost all our riches, you sat and you learned and you learned, and I gave you so much joy. And I hate to say it that while you had so much joy, you didn't think about children. But I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, well, I didn't hear what you said. It's better that you didn't. Anyways, uh, you stay and learn, and I'll go and get the diamond. But how are you going to get to the, the Jewish part of the town? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll... Well, it happens that there's a neighbor right next door in the... Uh, we're going to that butter town. Okay, I'll ask him. Excuse me, sir. Are you going to the Gaisha part of Parag? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, but I could drop you off. But I'm just passing through. But I'm not going to stay there. Uh, you have a ride back? Well, I just need a ride there, and then I'll worry about how I get back later. That the Rabbi Nishlom will help. Don't worry. Are you sure? Because I'm only going one way. It's all right. Don't worry. Okay. And so she did not tell her husband. She did not tell Shmuel that she has a ride for only one way. And she went with this ride, and she arrived at the guy's house. And this guy was a big, slobbering type of guy. <laughs> I got the letter. I got the letter from your finger in here. I know what kind of got it for you. Wait over here. You mind if I drink a little in between? I'm going to afford this. He sends me a lady. She don't like about diamonds. I'll give her a glass piece over there. All right. Here you go. Here's the diamond. Let me see this, please. Just give me $10,000. Okay? Give me the money, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you give me the diamond, I'll give you the money. Well, you just gave me the diamond. You give me a piece of glass. You don't fool me. You think because I'm a lady, I don't know about diamonds? I'm an expert. <laughs> so, um, if you want, I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> I didn't think you knew so much. Okay, okay, here's the diamond. Here, here, you got it, okay? You got it? Yes, I got it. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's your money. <laughs> And don't try to fool us again, huh? You're yeah, gonna wake up before you people do. And that's not possible because I don't dive in chakras in the morning because I'm not Jewish. All right, okay. All right, what should I do? All right, here. What should I do? And so, of course, when she went out the door, she noticed something. Oy vey, is Mia. It's starting to get dark outside. Oy, oy, oy. I didn't realize it was so late. Oy. 
I don't have a ride back. I'll start walking. Hope I can make it back while it's still daylight before it turns completely dark. Now, let me just think. Which way do I go? Hmm. Uh, do I go this way or that way? I think I was brought through the streets this way. Unfortunately, she made a wrong turn. And instead of walking out of the Goyesha part of Prague, she ended up going further, further into the Goyesha part and into the bad neighborhoods. And as she got there, deeper and deeper, she realized, Oy vey, Mia. I think I went the wrong way. Why did Bainishlanam help me, guide me? And suddenly a mean police officer came by. Hey! What are you doing over there? I recognize those clothing. Hey, lady! You're Jewish, <laughs> Get over here. I'm going to have to arrest you. It's after dark. What are you doing in these parts of the street? Get in my wagon. Please, let me go. And schlepped her into the wagon. Brought her down to the station house. And when she was brought in... She was put into a room. Here, you wait right here until the chief of police talks to you. <laughs> you try to explain to him <laughs> what you were doing out in these parts so late at night after dark. <laughs> Where's my wife? She's not home yet. I'm... I understand what's going on here. She should have been home already. It's dark, man. I mean, um, <clears throat> excuse me, host. Uh, you know anything about what do you say? He was only going one way. Oh no! I it's me and my wife. Where, where is she? What, what could be? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta stop being Miss Paolo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he was worried about his wife. In the meantime, the chief of police came right into the room. <laughs> Well, what do we have here? <laughs> oh, lady, a Jewish lady. All right, tell me, lady. Try to explain to me in a way that I should understand what you are doing in our part of Prague at this time of night. You know that there's permission granted you could have been killed, and maybe I should let them kill you. You know that? Give me a good reason why I shouldn't lock you up in jail, huh? Well, I was... Just trying to do business with one of your people, you see. I was being nice. I was giving you money and everything. And then, and then, and then I, I, um, I got lost on the way back. That's all. It's just a simple mistake. Oh, uh, you just take me to the Jewish part and everything be forgotten. Ha, 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 forgotten. No, 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 no. I'm in the mood to have some fun tonight. So, uh, maybe I'll just throw you out in the streets and I'll say that as a Jew on the wrong side, they'll come and they'll beat you up and maybe kill you, whatever, you know? Where'd you get the word whatever? Oh, I don't know. The story told told me to say it. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Rabbi Herbs? I, I don't know. I just I slipped it in. Okay, you know, <laughs> I don't want the story to sound scary. Well, it has a happy ending, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, Rabbi Herbs' stories always have happy endings. Uh, yeah, that's right. It does. Okay, uh, can we continue? Uh, yeah, go right ahead. What about me? Oh, yeah, just do your thing. All right. <laughs> you know what? I got to think about this. You sit in that chair right there. I think I might plan a pogrom. And I'll use you as the bait to start a pogrom against all you Jews. <laughs> I've been waiting for something like this. Most of you Jews have been pretty scared to come out in our parts, but not you. That's because I'm a guest here. I don't normally live here. Please let me go. No way. You just stay right here. And so he went out of the room. And as he was gone for a few minutes to think of a plan and how to start a pogrom with all the other police officers and things like that, suddenly Rivka had a thought. My Vesmia, I don't want to cause a pogrom, but what am I going to do? And, and then, I don't know. They're going to beat me and torture me, and then they're going to make fun of me. No, maybe... Maybe it's better I should just open up this window and wait a minute. What's that that I see? <gasps> wow, he has a pretty long coat. A police chief's coat with his badge on it. <gasps> and whoa, that
that big fur police hat. <gasps> oh, boy, I have an idea. Hmm. Let me just put on this coat. Oh, it's pretty heavy. Oh, it reaches almost down to the floor by me. Okay. Now let me put on this hat here. And, uh, oh, whoa, it's pretty good. Now I'm not going to talk like a lady, and I'm not going to talk. I'll just walk out the door. That's one door. Let me go out the other door. And now let me go through this metal door. Oh, this is wonderful. Uh-oh, there's one door locked. I know what I'll do. I'll just pound my hand. Oh, sorry, sir. Oh, chief, I didn't recognize you. Oh, yes, you I'll open up the door. You probably forgot your key. Okay, no problem. Okay, take care, chief. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Now I gotta get to the Jewish part of the Prague. Ah, oh, there's an officer down there. But I can't talk like a lady. Hmm. Wait a minute. My Tehillim. I still have it. Oh, I got an idea. What's going on here? What's the problem? Is there a problem here, Chief? Ah, you're tired because you're putting your head down. Where do you want to go? You want to check out something? Oh, where, where? Oh, oh you have a short throat, so you're not talking. Oh, you're showing me a Jewish prayer book. Oh, I see, I see. Oh, you want to go to the Jewish part of the town? You want to check out something? Oh, yeah, you're shaking your head. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Okay, let's go there. No problem. And so, sure enough, she was taken to the Jewish part of town. And she started to walk into the Jewish part, to the ghetto part of Prague. And while she did that, woo, the police chief came back into the room. All right, the plan is set. We're going to start a pogrom. We're going to throw it in the middle of the street and have everybody screaming and wonder what's happening here, and they'll think the Jews are trying to invade, and we'll have everybody run to the Jewish part of town and break windows and steal things and then make a whole bunch of trouble. Why do you say that? What, what, what do you say? Where, where are you? Hey, where did you go? Hiding underneath my desk. Hey, wait a minute. You're not in here. Wait a minute. Where's my hat? Where's my coat? My coat. She took my coat. Officers, come in here quickly. Yes, sir. What is it, sir? Where is that lady? What lady? Wait a minute. Uh, how come you're back here? You just left. I didn't leave. The lady left. But we saw your coat in your head. It had to be you. Yeah, she probably put it over her head so you couldn't see her face so clearly. She stole my coat. She stole my hat. She's probably going back to the Jewish part of town. Yes, sir, she did. Uh, because she showed me this Jewish prayer book. But she didn't talk. I thought you had a sore throat. Me? I never have a sore throat. Yeah, yeah, or maybe you should one day. What? And nothing, sir, nothing, sir. All right. Get all the police together. We're going to go to the Jewish part of the ghetto. We're going to go to the Jewish ghetto, and we're going to find out what's going on. Well, if we have to make a pogrom, we'll make a pogrom. I got to get that coat back no matter what. That's my favorite police coat. Let's go. And so, sure enough, they all gathered. Some went on their horses. And some went by foot. And eventually, they got to the Jewish part of the ghetto. But just as they were getting there, she came to the door. She knocked on the door. Let me in, let me in. All right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Wait, that sounds like my wife's voice. Oh, no, the chief of police. We're in trouble. It's not the chief of police. Oh, no, the chief of police sounds like a lady. It's not the chief of police. It, the, the chief of police sounds like my wife. Uh, my wife? What, uh, what happened? And she told over the story of how she got stuck over there. And she told over how she escaped. And Hashem put this thought in her head that she should take the coat of the police chief and the hat. But then the police chief came to the Jewish part of the Jewish ghetto of Prague. And he yelled through a megaphone, you know, those roundish, handmade megaphones. Those days didn't have battery-operated ones. And he called out, Hear ye, hear ye, you Jewish people! If I don't have my coat returned soon, I'm gonna have a pogrom going on here, and we will just look the other way. And suddenly, they were 
They were running, panicking from this place to that place. They didn't know what to do. And suddenly, the guest started thinking, me. what are we going to do? We're in big trouble. And the host said, I think it's a good idea that after after the Lechtegayen to the, to the Bas Mechas Chachamim uh, will take the coach with us and we'll sneak out the back way. Uh, that's an excellent idea. And so they took the coat with them and they went to the Bas Mechas Chachamim. And when they got to the Bas Mechas Chachamim, the Bas Mechas Chachamim looked at the coat and he just smiled. <laughs> <laughs> you have absolutely nothing, nothing to worry about. Yeah, but you understand, my wife took the police chief's coat, and they're looking for her, and they're looking for the coat. Mommy said it's a terrible thing. I mean, Trust me, you have nothing to worry about. And just then, the rabbi's door burst open, and in walked the chief of police. Ha, ha, ha! So, Rabbi, you're in on this too? Now I can finally arrest you. <laughs> Stealing the chief of police's coat? Wow, this is a terrible crime. <laughs> My officer was pretty smart. He noticed that you guys were coming in from the back way. <laughs> so now he got you, and you too, lady. You're not going to make a laughing stock out of me. No way. Uh, excuse me, before you take them away, uh, may I have a private word with them? Yeah, be a last private word. Because <laughs> once I say the program should stop, boom, boom, you guys are finished anyways. Go ahead, have your last private word. What are we going to do? Yes, what are we going to do? I, I, I'm not sure what to do. I'm telling you, there's absolutely nothing to worry about. You must have a Muna. Rivka, take a close look at me. Do you recognize me? What? I should recognize you? What are you talking about? Just look at my face, Rivka. You recognize me? Of course, you're my husband. Were you ever married before? No. You're the only one I met. almost was married to someone else. Uh, who? Um... A boy named Naftali, a bocha, a very smart, uh, intelligent person. Uh, you see, uh, so what, what's she supposed to recognize by you? Uh, do you happen to know what my name is besides being called the Baal Smiches Chachomim? Do you know that my name is Rav Naftali Katz? I! Wow, you're that Naftali? Whoa! Wow, you're right, you became a big Amachom. What are you going to do? <laughs> Don't worry. This is not the only thing you should be recognizing. Come, let's go back in. All right. Uh, Chief, take a close look at me. What? Huh? Who are you? You're the rabbi here, aren't you? <laughs> Thaddeus, Thaddeus, Thaddeus. What? How do you know my name is Thaddeus? Everybody calls me Chief Leopold. That's because that's what you want. You're trying to forget about your past. You're trying to start a new life here. And then there's something you want to do when you retire, whenever you choose to. <laughs> you're obviously so greedy, you're not satisfied with what you have, and that's why you make pogroms so you can benefit more by taking away property and, and possessions from the Jewish people. But don't worry, Thaddeus. We'll give you back your coat in one moment. What? What are you doing? Get away from that drawer. Ah, uh, one minute. I'm just taking out a knife. A knife? Ha! I got a sword. Rabbi, you want to fight? I didn't say I want to fight. Chas v'sholem. Thaddeus, I'm not like you. I'm not going to go over and fight with you with a knife and you have a sword. I just want to cut open this coat. Wait, wait, stop. Don't you dare cut open that coat. What's the matter with you? It's my police chief coat. Ah, uh, yes. I'm just going to cut in this spot right here. And as I'm going to pull out this bag between all of this uh, padding and everything, well, 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 what do you have here? A uh, 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 bag, uh, well, that's where I hide some of my gold. Yes. Thaddeus, why don't you take a close look at me? Yeah, why should I take a close look at you? You're a Jew with a beard and no side locks. Yes, but try to picture me now 
without the beard. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're that? You're that? Yes, I'm that little kid, Naftali. Ah, boy, boy. Now listen to me very carefully. Listen to me, Thaddeus, carefully. If you don't go outside here and call off that pogrom, you'll take me outside, you'll have me arrested, and it'll be a big trial, and in the trial it'll come out that I am that little kid that you let lived and had forged death certificate papers and took a bribe of 10,000 gold coins. So, you can either arrest me, arrest the lady, arrest everybody here, or you can call off the pogrom. Because if one yid gets harmed tonight, or any other time in the very near future, I could, I could tell you, could rest assured, that the crown prince, who is now the king, he will hear about this, and it won't be good for you. Wow, your God has mysterious ways of doing things. There's no question about it. You know what? Forget the coat. I don't need the coat. You keep the coat. I don't want to have anything to do with that. If they find that money in my possession ever, if the word gets out, you find the money, I'm a big troll. You keep the coat. And uh, don't worry, there won't be no program. Hey, Chief, we're going to make a program. Yeah, Chief, we're going to make a program. Yeah, Chief. Hey, Ma, we're going to make a program. Can we make a program? Can we make a program? Oh, we're going to do it. Uh, so we thought we were uh, like lighting torches and everything? No. If anybody here starts this pogrom without my permission, he's going to be locked up in prison for a long time. But, sir, you always start the pogroms. <laughs> well, that was before. Before what? Uh, never mind. Just call off everybody. Let's go. Away from the Jewish part of, of Prague. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And he took all the soldiers away. And then the uh, Baal Smichasham turned to Rifkel and said like this, Do you remember that before I left... I gave you my word that three things will happen to you. One, you'll marry a Talmud Chacham, and your husband Shmuel is a big Talmud Chacham. Two, I said that you will have all those 10,000 gold coins returned to you, every last one of them. And here they are. He, Thaddeus, wanted to save it when he was ready to retire and live off of it. And his greed made him try to make pogroms here so he can have more money. He wanted to live a very rich life and very easy going when he was ready to retire. But Hashem has different plans for people who do what should be. And you did Pidgin Shivuyan, and you risked everything, the chance of getting married to a Talmud Chochem even, just to save a little kid. And the third thing, I told you you would have children, and you will, as is Hashem. But, Rav, we, we came to... You will have children. And the Shamus came over and said, the Rav said you're going to have children. Why are you questioning? If he says you're going to have children, you're going to have children. He has a little bit of a hot connection upstairs with the Rabbani Shleilim. And he said you're going to have children. You're going to have children. Do you understand what he's type. And sure enough, she left. And when she left, she went over. And a year later, there was, of course, a crying baby in her house. And it was just unbelievable how all these things fell into place, and how the great tzaddik, the Baal Smiches Chachomim, taught us a very powerful lesson that even a Vildechaya, someone who looks like there's no hope for, there always is hope. And it takes not just his willpower, but as you saw in the story, it takes the, not just the willpower, it takes the power of other people wanting to get involved and helping them out. Wow! What a story. Wow, I kept quiet the whole time. And guess what, Rabbi Yerms? Look at the clock. I, 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 I don't think we have time for sh for some phone calls. I, I, I see Dr. Simcha out here. Wow, boy. Uh, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, well, I guess we have no time for phone calls. Oh, what? Uh, oh, well, uh, should I take one phone call? Mask, might take one phone call? Go ahead. Oh, okay. This is a courtesy of Dr. Simcha. Okay, we got yeah, one phone call. You. Uh, okay. Hello? Uh, uh, you're on the air? What is your name and what's your lesson that you want to tell us? Sarah Banner. What? My name is Sarah Banner and my, and my lesson is, is that you should always eat to Helen. Can I talk to Yassi? Real quick, okay, because uh, Dr. Simcha is ready. Okay, uh, Yassi, 
Hi. Uh, um, um, uh, 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 it was a great story tonight. Uh, even I was quiet, right? Yeah. What school are you going to? Uh, I go to Yeshiva Harvest Israel. Okay, bye. Bye. Zaykazan. Okay. I think that's all the time we have. Okay. And I thank Dr. Simcha for letting us get at least one phone call in. Okay.